You can also use the topics covered as conversation starters with your friends and family. Are you worn and exhausted from living a life of aimlessly going through the motions? When we are living this way, it's easy to feel that our lives lack meaning, but that sentiment couldn't be further from the truth. Dear friend, so much of what you're hoping for is already right in front of you. You just might need some inspiration. Welcome to the Commons with Carla. Join us as we learn, grow, and connect week after week to create lives and homes where every day, moment, and relationship is overflowing with purpose and intention. I am Carla Osorno, and this is episode 74 of the podcast. This is a Since You Asked episode where I talk about the questions and topics everyday women are asking about life, work, and relationships. Today, we are talking about Disneyland, allowing yes to be your default, play as an adult, community parenting, when a popular book is made into a movie, and a book I read in July. Let's get started. You guys, I had the pleasure of going to Disneyland recently, and I say pleasure, which is really bizarre because I would have told you prior to this trip that I was not an amusement park fan. And my friends would tell you that too. They were freaking out that I was even going to Disneyland because I am not a big fan of crowds. I don't like a lot of noise or light stimulation. I despise lines and I really don't like being hot. (laughs) And so I was thinking in my mind that all of these things represented amusement parks and I was going to be miserable. And so you're probably saying, well, why did you even want to go? Well, the reason I wanted to go was because this summer, my plan has been to spend as much time with my daughter, my 15-year-old daughter, Sophia, as possible, and to really just help her to have a really great summer to participate with friends and to do fun things. And and so when one of her friend's moms suggested that we take the girls to Disneyland, I paused and then I said, yeah, I think that'd be a great idea. I hope the dates work out. So she shared the dates with me um, sometime later and it totally worked out. Um, It wasn't budgeted. It wasn't planned. And for all of those reasons that I just mentioned, I had a lot of hesitations and fears about going, but I put those aside because this time with my daughter was so important to me. And I really wanted to make, like I said, this summer great for her. So we went (laughs) and I have to tell you all of those fears were unfounded. I mean, I guess it was hot. I guess there were crowds. I guess there was a lot of noise and stimulation, but It was so much fun. It totally exceeded any expectations I had in such a positive way. We went with Sophia's friends and their moms, and I won't call them out because I didn't ask their permission, but we had the best time. Everyone was so um, positive and got along well, and it just ended up being amazing. And I have to tell you, two of the people that we went with have their season pass holders, and they have been going to Disneyland regularly for for her whole their whole lives. And so they, it was really fun to go with them because they knew exactly what to do. And Disneyland makes it pretty easy. I don't know when the last time you've been was, but they have an app that you can use to order food and schedule rides and 
you know, your tickets and all the stuff. And so it's pretty seamless as far as going. So I definitely recommend using that app. We were able to get um, passes for each day that we were there. And then we also um, purchased the additional, they call it a, a genie. And we purchased that so that we could get access to different lines and stuff. But anyway, having um, teenagers navigate those, schedule our rides, order food, pick up food. Like it was just, it was absolute blast. So um, I'm telling you this not only so that you might consider Disneyland, but also because I think there's so many times where I know I do this. And so I'm assuming that since I'm an everyday woman, you may be doing this as well, is where we just get in our mind how something will be. And so we don't pursue it or we label ourselves as I'm not an amusement park person. And guess what? I'm here to tell you that I am an amusement park person or at least a Disneyland person. We had really just such an incredible time. And so that's why I wanted to bring it up is just to number one, encourage you if you haven't been to Disneyland in a while, or if you are like me and you've said that you are not a Disneyland person to reconsider and to get there because it is so much fun. I, we played, we laughed, we went from top to bottom every day and just had an incredible time. Some of my favorites from the moment or from the trip were, um, I liked a couple of rides in California adventures and also in Disneyland, but I have to say my favorite moments were seeing how excited Sophia was and seeing her interact with her friends and just the conversations and the laughter that they had. I was enjoying the other moms and, and Sophia was enjoying her friends. And that was really a highlight of the trip for me. We had so many fun moments, so many great experiences with food. Who knew? I like churros. <laughs> anyway, I'm going on and on about my trip, but I really want you to think about where are those places where you are giving yourself a label or an identity and not opening your mind to maybe I've changed. Maybe it would be a better experience than I've made it up to be in my mind. And I want you just to look for those opportunities. I already have a list of some of the things that I want to enjoy the next time I'm in Disneyland. That's how excited I am about it. And so what I learned is not to put myself in a box, to keep an open mind. And, and really, I just, I knew this already about myself, but it was just anchoring and affirming that relationships are more important than my, I won't ever do this list. So that isn't very clear, but it, I hope that you'll consider that what that is for you is where in your life, can you do something that would, you would find fun, but that that relationship motivates you to jump in and try and, and pursue those. And if Disneyland is a part of it, then all the better, because it really is a magical place. I would absolutely concur that it is one of the happiest places on earth. And they really do a rock solid job of just making the experience pleasant and fun. I didn't see anyone. I saw, I didn't see any employees that were having a bad time. I heard one small comment out of the thousands of people that I saw and and so I just said I had, didn't see anyone. So I guess I did see one person, one small person. But I also saw very few children that were having a fit and very few adults that were frustrated. It was just, it really is a place where people were just showing up with kindness and with just a sense of fun. And it was delightful. So um, if you have Disneyland tips that I would want to know, please share them with me. I would love to know what they are. And I highly recommend going with someone who's been there before because it really did make the trip magical. 
Have you ever wished that you could record meaningful stories from someone you loved so that you could capture and share them for a lifetime and beyond? You can. Memories fade. We lose people in our lives. And let's be honest, sharing grandpa's story simply isn't the same as hearing it firsthand. In the craziness of life, we lose track of time and go about our lives without asking our loved ones to tell their precious stories or to share their advice for generations they may never meet. With Memory Lane Chats, all of these things are possible. Memory Lane Chats gives customers the ability to capture voices, laughter, timeless stories, jokes, and pass them down for generations to come. Memory Lane Chats is the perfect gift to honor someone in your family and bless others by sharing their legacy. Want to capture someone's story but not quite sure what to ask? We've got you covered. As an experienced podcast host, I have the experience needed to pull stories out of the interviewee and formulate questions based on the stories. If you have topic ideas or specific questions that you'd like asked, that's great as well. At Memory Lane Chats, we are happy to tailor to your needs. When you choose Memory Lane Chats, a beautifully conducted conversation will be recorded using professional sound equipment. There are several package options to choose from depending on the length of interview desired. Choose bronze, 30 minutes, silver, 60 minutes, or gold, 90 minutes. The client will receive an MP3 format audio to share with family and listen to again and again. Life is short, and the reality is that while we hope to remember all the stories we hear and experiences we go through, much is forgotten. Let your legacy live on and grow your impact with Memory Lane Chats. Use the link in the show notes to get more information and to order yours today. Okay, so the next topic I wanted to talk about is comes from this trip is one of the things that I learned was allowing yes to be your default. And I have to say, those of you who know me personally know this to be true, but often no is my default. I say no, and then as I think about all the reasons that I said no, I'm like, why did I say no? And so I I often will, specifically, I'm thinking when someone says, do you want to do this? My default is often thinking of all the reasons why I can't, I can't fit it in. I'm too tired. I, I don't know. I just really often think of the reasons no. And this is when my child or my husband or my friend is asking me something, but it's also just when I want to do something, I often will think of all the reasons why it can't work. And in general, I would say I'm a positive person, but when I think about it, I often set my default to no or not yet. And on this trip in Disneyland, everything was about yes. I had committed to going. And so I had made a decision that I was going to say yes whenever possible. And my stress level was so much lower. My joy was so much higher. We had so much fun. I laughed so much more. And so I am trying to bring that default of yes, more into my life since coming home. And there are a lot of hard things happening in my life right now. A lot of people who are sick, death and illness are all around me. And there are so many reasons to be sad. And I am, I've had a lot of loss and the people around me are experiencing huge tragedy all around me. And also having my default set to yes is having an impact. So it's not like I'm bouncing around because there are heavy things going on, but I definitely feel a noticeable change by having my default be yes. And so I want to invite you to consider what your default is. Do you tend to say yes or no first? And then 
ask yourself why and figure out for yourself if you're set at a default no, maybe you can change that for a little bit, experiment with it and see how it shifts things for you. So that is the invitation is to, for an experiment, just allow yes to be your default. And that leads into this next topic that I want to talk about, which is play as an adult. What do you do to play? How do you play as an adult? Again, I would have to say there aren't a lot of places where I do this. And sometimes they involve, um, you know, parties or social events and things like that, where I am more playful, I would say, but I don't know that I do a lot of play. I think one of the reasons that I love our experience experiences of vacation and specifically Mexico is we often will play. We'll play a game of family volleyball or we'll play, I think that game, what is that game called? Foosball with the handles and all of that or um, table tennis or something like that. But those times where you allow yourself to play really just bring out the kid in you, but also the best in you. Just that default of um, saying yes and allowing yourself to play can really be fun. And so that's another thing I learned about myself is that playing is fun. And I want to look for more opportunities to do that. And I know a lot of you probably already have that, but if you're listening and you don't, then that's another invitation. It's just to consider how you can be more playful as an adult and what that can look like. You know, there's so many things that require our responsible selves to show up, right? So many tasks to be done, responsibilities to handle, people to raise, you know, all of these things that require us to be on it. And there's also room for play in that. It might even shift how we do those tasks, how we do those things that we're responsible for. And it'll definitely shift relationships because I don't even want to say this on the podcast, but there's a particular face that I sometimes have, like a default expression. My teenager pointed it out to me and it's not pretty. (laughs) But anyway, having that default of yes and allowing yourself to play can shift your countenance and shift your posture and shift your facial expressions and certainly will help people to see what you're really feeling, right? Is if my face is in a default posture of, or my countenance is in a posture of no or in total seriousness, the person, the people that are around me are going to, number one, mirror that, but also feel certain things. They may feel like they're responsible for my countenance. They may not assume that I'm thinking about something or that I'm serious. They may think that I am mad at them or have some negative emotion towards them. And so there are so many reasons to consider shifting that. And I'm super grateful for Disneyland for helping me to learn some of those lessons and just to practice being playful, to practice saying yes to things when yes is possible. So um, again, this is just something that I've been working through and questions questions that I have been asking myself. And so if it's relevant to you, I, I hope it's helpful. So another topic that is related and that has been coming up lately is, is something I wanted to bring up, and that is community parenting. Because I have a teenager and a lot of my friends, people that are family friends that we hang around with a lot have children that are younger, we've heard, Chad and I both have heard recently that people are watching and that they're looking at how we're parenting a teen and how we're addressing some of the issues that are coming up. And they're just paying attention and they're watching because they know that they will have teenagers 
very, very soon. And so I wanted to bring this up because I wanted to say that they're often saying, oh my gosh, we're watching you. We're looking at how you're doing this and we want to remember, and we're so glad that you're doing it ahead of us and, you know, comments like that. And that's number one, scary (laughs) because we both feel like we're messing up so much and we just don't want to do that to other families, specifically these families that we love so much. And so it's scary to hear that. It's also puts a little bit of pressure, right? On we've really got to pay attention to this and we already know it's important. So we are giving it the weight that it deserves, but it also is just a little, little bit of pressure. But I think more than anything, what I wanted to say in talking about this is that these conversations, when they come up and even when they say this, they're helping us as much as we're helping them, right? Because they, the the comments that they make, the encouragement that they give, the the way that they just affirm pieces of what we're doing help Chad and I to know what to do more of. And so in this topic, I wasn't specifically saying we're nailing it. And here's the advice I would give to other families. What I wanted to say is that parenting is done in community. And so wherever you're at, whether you're offering wisdom and advice for the people that are coming up with children behind you, or whether you're taking wisdom and advice from mentors who have gone ahead of you, you can learn from each other. You can learn from a mentor and also offer encouragement and affirmation to that mentor, which reinforces what they're doing. And so I just want all of us to just be having these conversations about parenting, not in an expert, I'll tell you what to do kind of way, but in a way where we're recognizing that we're sharing wisdom, but we're also encouraging one another and affirming one another and giving people hope and possibility and just a piece about that they're on the right track. And so take that role seriously, whether you're the mentor or the mentee and just really press in and and really keep having these conversations. I guess that's my encouragement is keep having these conversations. I think we need to get out of the place where it's right and wrong and just parent the people that we're with and that, you know, I, how I would parent Sophia will be different than how my friend might parent their son or daughter because they're different people. And so that's important to remember, but these families and the encouragement that they're giving us regularly remind us that the relationship trumps being right that we always, always, always want to pursue relationship and not being right or saying the right thing or doing the right thing. And it's always okay to come back to our children and say, Hey, I've rethought that I, this is what I, this is what I want to tell you. This is what I want you to know about who you are and who God is. And, and it's okay to come back and to restate that. And so these families who are looking to us for modeling and for going ahead of them are also giving us so much in return. And so I want to say, thank you. I'm so grateful for them. And I also want to relay this to you so that you're also staying involved and really using your community, the people that are closest to you as the quote unquote experts for just having right relationship with your children and there are lots of people online and I'm saying this as I'm, you know, doing this in a in a public way. And those people can be encouraging and inspiring as well. 
But those people that are closest to you really can add so much to your life and to your parenting journey. And so really, I just wanted to encourage you to be relying on them and just really having great conversations, pursuing those conversations. And even when you're worn and exhausted, just taking that encouragement in probably, especially when you're worn and exhausted and not avoiding those conversations. And so that is the invitation. Again, the key is not being right, but being in right relationship. And there will always be someone coming up behind you who you can encourage. And there will always be someone ahead of you who can mentor and encourage, encourage you and who you can follow. So that is what I wanted to say about community parenting. Just a quick break to let you know about a freebie that is now available. It is a 10-day connection challenge that I created free for you. Just go to thecommonswithcarla.com to subscribe and you will get the 10-day connection challenge in your email. You will also get all the podcast news, encouragement, ideas, and resources to help you build better connections, conversations, and community. You can also click on the link in the show notes to subscribe and get your 10-day connection challenge free. Now back to the show. Okay. I had the opportunity to go with a friend. We were celebrating her birthday, but we had read the book, Where the Crawdads Sing by Delia Owens. And we both had read it and were really curious about this movie that came out. And so what I wanted to talk about was what is, what are your thoughts about seeing a movie that is an adaptation from a book that you've loved? So before I saw the movie, I was thinking, I I thought I had heard somebody talk about how they had changed the ending. And so I was kind of anticipating that. And so I, I I wasn't sure what to expect, but I went to the movie having that, you know, brief thought in my mind and was just really prepared to just enjoy the movie. And I did, it was really a great, I think a great adaptation of the book. I enjoyed the book so much. It was a top 10, the year that I read it, which was a few years ago. And the movie was really fantastic. So if you are thinking about seeing it, I recommend it. It was great. Um, I had forgotten the details of the book a little bit, but as I watched the movie, I was like, oh yeah, oh yeah, that happened. And so, but I wanted to bring up this topic is how do you feel about that? Do you, when there's a movie adaptation or a show adaptation, which is happening so often lately, do you run out and read the book? Or do you just see the movie and think that that's enough? Do you experience the book as the book separately from the movie? Or do you expect them to be the same? How do you feel about that art? Is it okay for in the movie for them to take creative license and do different things? And it can be a different, you know, obviously a different experience. Um, Anyway, what are your thoughts about that? It made me think about it. And I also wanted to encourage you to check out the movie where the crowded sing and I would say, read the book. I think it will make the movie experience even better. Okay, now the last thing I want to talk about today is the book, uh, a book that I read in July. The book that I wanted to bring today is Britt Marie Was Here, a novel by Frederick Bachman. So I really, really like this book and especially for this community because community and connection is a theme in this book. Um, but it comes from the theme of isolation. And so I just, I talk to so many women who feel isolated for some reason or another. And I just think this is such a feel good 
book about that. It addresses the realities of it, why we might be isolated from people and then what happens. And, and Britt Marie is just an amazing character. I'm going to read you just an excerpt from the blurb of the book. Britt Marie can't stand mess. A disorganized cutlery drawer ranks high on her list of unforgivable sins. She is not one to judge others, no matter how ill-mannered, unkept, or morally suspect they might be. It's just that sometimes people interpret her helpful suggestions as criticisms, which is certainly not her intention. But hidden inside the socially awkward, fussy busybody is a woman who has more imagination, bigger dreams, and a warmer heart than anyone around her realizes. When Britt Marie walks out on her cheating husband and has to fend for herself in the miserable backwater town of Borg, of which the kindest thing one can say is that it has a road going through it, she finds work as the caretaker of a soon-to-be demolished recreation center. The fastidious Britt Marie soon finds herself being drawn into the daily doings of her fellow citizens, an odd assortment of miscreants, drunkards, drunkards, and layabouts. Most alarming of all, she's given the impossible task of leading the supremely untalented children's soccer team to victory. In this small town of misfits, can Britt Marie find a place where she truly belongs? This book is so good, and I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. I gave it a four out of a five rating. Um, It's really a quick read and really, really um, just fun. So that is the book, a book that I read in July that I would like to recommend. You guys, we talked about a few different topics here today, and I hope that you find something helpful out of this episode. Like you, I am a human and I don't get it right on this podcast or in real life. The point of Since You Asked at the Commons is to promote learning and growth. So take only what you find useful and use it in your life. You can also use the topics covered as conversation starters with your friends and family. What are your Disneyland tips? Is your default answer yes or no? How do you play as an adult? What movie adaptation is your favorite? Who is your mentor in parenting? What book did you last read and love? Each episode of The Commons with Carla has show notes and a comment section for your thoughts, opinions, and questions. The show notes for this episode are found at carlaosorno.com slash podcast slash 74. There are many things that make us feel isolated and alone, but regardless of our backgrounds, there's so much we have in common, including a deep desire to connect, step into our true calling, and live lives of meaning and purpose. At The Commons, you will find inspiration to dig deeper and prioritize relationships, strengthen your families, and live a life of true abounding freedom. Thank you for being a part of our community at the Commons. We will be back next week with another conversation with an everyday woman about her life and how she connects and lives with purpose and intention. Thank you to Adkins Media Co. for their work on the show and to Donald Zimmerman for our theme music. That's it for this episode. In the words of Thomas Merton, love is our true destiny. We do not find the meaning of life by ourselves alone. We find it with another. Have a great week, everyone.